places. Everyone. We're now broadcasting. Roll the tape in. Three, two. A new audio drama. Appaloosa Radio is where stories come alive. Appaloosa Radio offers an original audio story from the continuing City of 4000 Spies series, Big Chief, Part 3. It had been almost two decades since the incident happened. Noble son Dusko Reiko did not remember it. However, G. Fox could never forget it. It was with him every minute of every hour. It was intense. It was searing. It had made him into the shriveled being that he now was. Dependent on machines for mobility. Dependent on machines for nutrition. Dependent on machines for his very breath. The incident happened during session 17 of the grueling training regime at the Military Tactics College, the prestige institution for future military and security officers of the Empire Shayot. Like Dusko Reiko, G. Fox from Tashindi was of a noble heritage, an individual destined one day to lead a world in an important sector. He had been sent to the Military Tactics College by his father as an expression of Tashindi's friendship with the Empire Shayot. G. Fox had been a gifted athlete who excelled at his world's favorite sport. He was resourceful, highly intelligent, and very virile. He entered the military tactics college knowing that he would immediately excel, rise to the top, win early promotion. He knew that before the six grueling years ended that over 98% of his fellow cadets will have been dismissed from the program, washed out as they say. That would not be G. Fox. He was far too superior he would succeed where others failed. In the military tactics college, the cadets assumed nicknames. G. Fox became Jeepers, Dusko Reiko became Domino. 
Jeepers had immediately recognized Domino as a principal rival during their first sessions at the Military Tactics College, the sessions designed specifically to weed out the weakest cadets. Some failed for lack of psychological toughness. Some failed because they lacked the leadership necessary to lead warriors into mortal combat. Some failed because they did not possess the necessary physical stamina. Some failed because they made stupid mistakes. Some failed because of an undesirable attitude. Many failed because the regime was too intense. However, both Domino and Jeepers excelled under the most demanding conditions. They survived the cold, the heat, the winds, the lack of food, the beatings and torture, the isolation, the derogatory attitudes. Conditions designed to break individuals. Yet, Jeepers and Domino excelled, one matching the other in every task and assignment. Intense rivals, always aware of the performance of the other. Domino and Jeepers were linked in yet another way. Both came from sectors outside the control of the Empire Shayote. Neither would be allowed to serve in the official officer corps of the Empire. Neither would ever lead the Empire's massive armies in its unending wars. No, both Domino and Jeepers were designated emissary cadets, guests, as it were, of the Empire, creating special bonds between the Empire and its potential friends from other sectors. Both were outsiders. Uniquely exceptional and highly talented. incident happened during session 17 of the grueling training regime at the military tactics college. Cadets were issued a personal transport device and instructed to use it to penetrate a highly fortified mountain stronghold. The personal transport devices were extremely tricky to handle. The first six cadets attempting the exercise failed, all were violently thrown from their transport device. One of the cadets died from the fall. Domino was the seventh cadet to attempt the task. Unlike those before him, he chose to bind himself onto the transport device with a section of cable that he found nearby. By tying himself onto the device, he was able to complete the task. He penetrated the fortress and also scored points for his assault team because of the capture of a highly prized Bork cannon. The training commander immediately awarded Rego the Predexalance the only one awarded during the training session. When Jeepers saw Domino tie himself to the device, he jeered in disdain. Are you such a coward that you must tie yourself on? I'll show you how to do it. He mounted the device, holding on by squeezing with just his legs. Look. No hands. No hands. 
The transport device bucked and twisted, but Jeepers eventually gained control and headed it up the citadel's wall. He shouted, see, this is how it is done. However, as the device approached the upper crest, an unexpected wind swirled around him. The device turned clockwise, then counterwise. Then, it hurled the device up. Suddenly, Jeepers was off the device and falling, falling, falling. Unlike the cadet who had fallen before him, Jeepers survived his fall. That is his conscious brain survived the fall. His body was, unfortunately, a mangled mess. The surgeons of the Empire Shayot are the best of the best. They worked feverishly for hours attempting to give him functionality and independence. They removed his conscious brain and embedded it into a Cunif.liquid, non-segmented prosthesis system. The best available system, one that provided mobility, offered a wide range of limb motion, gave tactile and haptic awareness, met his nutritional needs, and sustained his brain with fresh breath. The best prothesis system that the Empire could offer, one constructed in the Cunif.liquid process. Almost as real as its biological counterpart. So the doctors said. However, for G Fox, Seeing through artificial eyes, hearing through synthetic ears, experiencing the world through prosthetic senses was crushing. For G. Fox, seeing through artificial eyes, hearing through synthetic ears, experiencing the world through prosthetic senses was crushing. He was no longer the star athlete with extraordinary capabilities. He was no longer virile. He could produce no offspring. He was no longer one of his own kind. He had been the heir apparent, one who would someday rule Tashan D. However, the ancient laws of Tashan D were harsh and archaic coming from a time that was no more. The ancient laws prevented what were called cripples and misfits from assuming the regency. It was a cruel and vicious determination. His titles and status were removed from him. G. Fox was banished, never allowed to return to his native world.
Agent Romaine Weijasert, and her presumed pet had been in their covered identity for 45 days, removing or disabling a variety of monitoring devices in the, the unaligned DIL-77 sector, particularly in the city of Dean. Technician JXV, and her canine partner, Abel 9, approached a cash machine in the center of the city of Dean to perform its necessary, scheduled maintenance. It was a very busy place with lots of pedestrian and vehicular traffic. Then an individual, wearing a suit of Kunif liquid body armor, in the antiquated style of a junior officer from the Empire Shah Yot, approached the service technician and her pet. Hello, there. Would you mind if I petted your canine? Is he a purebred? I had one once that looked like him. Just slightly more blue-greenish in color. She let her pet give him a sniff, then a couple of tentative licks. See, he is friendly. I think he likes me. Warning signs began flashing in Romaine's brain. Not an individual to be trusted. Not trustworthy. Excuse me, sir, but I am on a tight schedule, and I need to perform my assigned duties. She moved toward the cash machine. However, the individual in the Cunniff Liquid Prothesis system moved to block her way. Please, sir, could you back away? What do you mean? I'm a very friendly guy. Sir, you are making me nervous. Please move away. So, what do you think? Do you think I'm going to steal something? Look, I'm a sick guy. I'm so weak that I couldn't harm you even if I wanted. Look, I'm just being friendly. Don't you appreciate friendship? Before Romaine could respond, four masked individuals suddenly emerged from a hiding place and grabbed her, covering her quickly with a murky sack-like restraint. They threw her into a waiting vehicle. The man in the Cunniff liquid prothesis system instantly grabbed her canine and crushed him with his iron claw. Believing the canine was dead, he tossed it to the ground. So, what do you think? Do you think I'm going to steal something? Look, I'm a sick guy. I'm so weak that I couldn't harm you even if I wanted. His voice was loud and carried across the public space. Then, after a long pause, he spoke in a quieter voice. Look, I'm just being friendly. Don't you appreciate friendship? Before Romaine could respond, four masked individuals suddenly emerged from a hiding place and grabbed her, covering her quickly with a murky sack-like restraint. They threw her into a waiting vehicle. The man in the Cunniff liquid prothesis system instantly grabbed her canine and crushed him with his iron claw. Believing the canine was dead, he tossed it to the ground.
End of part three. Continued.